Welcome to the Ontentional Podcast, where we help you live intentionally and happen to life instead of letting life happen to you. Today, we get to talk to somebody that I've been inspired by and one of the podcast hosts that I listen to, Mark Robinson. So the thing about Mark is he's got a lot of things going at once. He's a business owner, he's in ministry, he's a father, he runs all the time and he runs races. Um, he's competing in obstacle course races and he's also running a podcast. So this man has so much going on in his life and yet he is able to live intentionally and be um, present in all of those different areas. And so today we're gonna ask him how he does that and glean some of that wisdom from his experience of being intentional with so many things going on at once. So stay tuned, this is gonna be really great. Buckle down and let's listen to how Mark got started in starting his own podcast. So that's what we start out with today and uh, hope you enjoy this episode. It's gonna be awesome. So if you've listened to my podcast at all, you know that um, a lot of what I'm doing in terms of creating content, you know, my podcast, um, the brand that I'm trying to build, a lot of that goes back to Darren Doan. And I'm not sure if you're, how familiar with him or how much you've heard me talk about him on my podcast. Um, he's a Christian filmmaker. He, he, uh, he did Saving Christmas, if you're familiar with that movie with Kirk Cameron. Um, did a really cool documentary on a series of debates between Douglas Wilson and Christopher Hitchens when Hitchens was still alive uh, called Collision. Uh, so I've, I've been following him and his work for a while, you know, probably a good 10 years or so. Then he, I heard that he had a podcast. I started listening to that. Um, but I, I heard him give a talk at a conference. It was like a seven minute talk, but he basically pulled out his phone and he said, if you don't exist on here, referring to like social media, like then you don't exist at all. And he's, he just kind of has gone through talking about his own journey in, in terms of looking at social media kind of the way a lot of us do with kind of our nose up, like uh, social media, you know, it's such a, um, well, what is even the word? It's, 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 it's so down here, like, like social media, it's, it's so, it's so bad for you. Like who, who's really on Facebook anymore, you know, and just people are very negative outwardly about social media, but yet everybody's still checking their phones all the time on social media. Um, but as as a filmmaker and as a businessman himself you know he was always used to just word of mouth and he just always had business like he always had jobs and that started to dry up and he's like where is everybody and he's like they're all on their phones and so he just kind of had a reinvent myself kind of moment where like i need to get serious about social media and just go all in on that and so a lot of his podcast talks about that journey there and as as he's talked about the different um, contexts where like being on Facebook or on LinkedIn or on Instagram or whatever is valuable to you if you're in this kind of position or in that kind of context. And I just kind of came to embrace like, you know what, I think he's right. And then there was a gap between where like intellectually I agreed with what he was saying and the realization that if I agree with what he's saying, I should probably try to do the things that he's saying to do. So that's how I started the podcast. That's how I finally started an Instagram account. I never had had an Instagram. Account. I've been on Facebook since college, but Instagram, I never really messed with that. I had a LinkedIn, but never did anything with it. You know, was never going to touch TikTok, you know, started a TikTok account, um, started a YouTube channel. 
So just trying to implement the principles that he had been talking about to make a difference in the world in terms of, you know, learning marketing, you know, for my business and trying to utilize these platforms to build a business, to build a, to build a brand, um, not just a business, but a brand where that, that people can connect with and really be able to share the things that I'm learning as I'm learning them and while at the same way generate business um, for, because that was a, a newer um, uh, a newer en uh, enterprise for me. I'd been in ministry for a long, long time and had never really needed to do a whole lot in terms of marketing. Like the people that I needed to serve were already kind of right there. I didn't have to do a whole lot in terms of connecting with more people to be able to minister. Like once people know you're the pastor or you're the youth director or you know, whatever it is, like they just kind of come and like you minister to them. Whereas with business, or at least you start a new business, you don't have a, a storefront or you don't have um, a place that's visible. Um, you got to be able to let people know what is it that you have to offer? How, how are you trying to serve people in that way? And so that was that was a new experience for me. And so a, a lot of this is, is just me trying to integrate a lot of my life. Whereas before I'd been segmented like okay here's my family over here and i'm with them and serving them and helping them when i'm at home and then i just kind of go into work mode at the church i'm at the office or i'm at youth group or i'm i'm counseling um because I, I do biblical counseling uh and then like there's business mo and, like the whole idea of building a brand is kind of like portraying like who you are and like all facets of who you are it's like who i am with my family should be who i am with um my counselees or the youth group or should be who I am when I'm with clients and like they shouldn't be all seg segregated like it should be you know kind of one whole and so creating content has been a helpful way in terms of doing that but maybe that was kind of a lengthy answer but <laughs> um maybe that give, gives you an idea of where I'm coming from thank you that's great and seeing how you were inspired to start that from the the talk you listen to and mm -hmm. how you did something with that you didn't just hear it and be like oh that's smart okay moving on and you said something earlier about how you're trying to help people with your brand what would you say is the the way that you're trying to serve people with what you're doing with the output habit um i would say i mean there's probably a dozen or a few dozen different things that I could itemize and and include in that answer but to, to sum it all up like if I could if I could just sum it up in one thing that I think would be a lot of things would connect back to would be the importance of you know being yourself and sharing yourself um should be you know really focusing on honing the gifts that God has given you and finding ways to share them with other people um, in a way that's going to bless them. And so like that comes out in family context and ministry in business in what you post on social media. If that's your mindset where, you know, you're not ashamed to be unique, you know, you're not ashamed of your strengths. And so many people, Christians, especially like are ashamed of what they're good at. Like they don't want to be too proud. Like they don't, they don't want to be arrogant, which I get, I understand that. And I've been guilty of that false humility where you kind of act like you're not good anything or in terms of how you take compliments and, and that sort of thing. Or we do go the other way where like we post and, and we post stuff that, and we just like want our egos to be stroked. Like, Oh, I just want people to, to like me. I want people to accept me. It's just having the sober judgment 
of who I am, what I've been given, how God's made me, and um, just going all in on who God has made me to be. And, and recognizing God may be really good at this, which means I have a responsibility to share that with other people. I have a responsibility to bless other people with that. And so like this, in just the same way that, you know, somebody who creates art, like if they're doing paintings and stuff like that, like they should share that with other people. People should be able to see what they what they make. And as an artist, that person should learn how to share their art with sober judgment, you know, being aware of their own pride and their own ego. That is, it is going to sneak in. It is going to creep in, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't share it. It just should mean that you need to work on that. You need to, to, to work, you know, go ahead and share, recognize you're going to be tempted to get a big head about it as people, or you're going to have fear that, that, that people are going to hate it or going to reject it. Either one, you're going to be fearful in a way that you shouldn't, or you're going to be prideful in a way that you shouldn't, or both, depending on the day. Depending yeah. On the day. And, and those are just mm. things you need to work on and get over. But that doesn't mean that you should just keep your, your art or your dance or your music or your, in my case, athletics. Um, I do a lot of content around that because that's something that I'm good at. Um, it's, it's, I see it as an asset in promoting my business, in being able to help people with fitness. Um, and so that's that's what I've chosen to get over myself and just take something that's I've kept to myself for the most part. I mean, I don't hide the fact that I train, I work out, I run races, you know, but I would have never thought that posting about it on social media would have been a good thing or how would that not be an egotistical thing? So like, I would never do such a thing. It's like leading by example right. in terms of, vulnerability and being genuine Def and yes. just kind of putting yourself out and saying hey this is who i am and i'm willing to take anyone else that wants to follow along on this journey is that kind of yes and sharing my mindset in mm -hmm. the like like this is this is what i do and how i do it and why i do it and i believe that if i'm communicating well somebody can take the principles and apply them to their own context whether that be in a health fitness context whether it be in any other kind of pursuit you know it's just the process of reverse engineering like here are my goals this is what I want to accomplish this is the process that I'm trying to follow in order to get to that here's how I'm applying the principle of consistency by working out and posting about it every day you know it's kind of like the 75 hard um, uh, mentality like posting you know t taking a picture and posting it every day is part of the 75 hard uh, process if I'm not mistaken uh, I've never done it but I've talked to people who have um, but it's documenting what you're doing um, and that's a discipline and it's, I think it's a valuable one to be able to document what you're doing um, and to be able to show other people that that's one of the things that Darren Doan talks about uh, he, he kind of boils it down to this analogy if you could ask people which would you rather have would you rather have Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa or would you rather have his sketchbook you know, where he has all of his ideas and his sketches and where he's worked the process out. He says, everyone I've asked that question of would want the sketchbook, you know, would, would want the journal um, rather than the, the Mona Lisa. So a lot of the content that I put out is more of a sketchbook than it is like a finished piece of art. It's kind of like I'm inviting you behind the scenes to the unfinished yeah. side of things. 
So yeah. one thing I'm curious to get your input on is I feel like there's two kinds of people generally. There's people that are visionary and they have great ideas and they want to go do stuff, mm-hmm. but they don't. And then there's the people that don't necessarily think in terms of what is possible and they just kind of put their nose down and they do. And there's yeah. there seemed to be this disconnect. So can you speak to both of those groups of people and say kind of what would you challenge them in their journey of trying to grow or put out consistently? Yeah, um, I would probably put myself more in that former category of seeing things. Procrastinators and overthinkers. (laughs) Yeah, procrastinators and overthinkers. You know, ideas, I can come up with ideas way faster than I can come up with action plans. Um, Or I can interact with, I can hear, I can take in really cool ideas much faster than I can come up with plans to implement them. Um, so as a, as an introvert, as someone who, you know, really likes the world of ideas and exploring possibilities, like that can be really, really fun to think through ideas. Um, but the, the process, because you can go so much faster there, like you can bounce around and make the connections and think things through and put together a really, really cool thing in your head. But the process of actually putting that together, of, of, of making that a reality, it was just like drawing up a blueprint is much faster than actually building a house. Um, so like you can go faster. Um, and maybe you're someone who like your mind works really fast or and it, it's it's hard to slow the process down enough to make things concrete, you know, to, to actually flesh things out, to actually make it a reality. What are some main maybe barriers of resistance that people run into and how have you seen yourself overcome things like that? So I would say boredom is probably a a big thing. It's like, I've already thought about this idea for a certain period of time. And like, I have to stay focused on this idea if I'm actually going to see it through and make it a reality. But in the process, in the time that it takes me to put this idea in motion and make it a reality, there's dozens of other really, really cool ideas that I want to chase. You know, it's like all these other butterflies. Um, And so like the discipline for that person is you need to pick something and focus on it and, and shut out the other stuff long enough to actually put something into practice. Cause otherwise your ideas aren't going to, aren't going to do anything They're They're not going to be helpful. And that's something I have to preach to myself all the time, even in the process of recording my podcast, I'm often thinking out loud and ideas are coming to me while I'm recording my podcast and I'm saying things like I need to do this more as I'm talking about like my content or things like that and things that I'm recognizing that I need to do better. I'll talk it out in the podcast episode and then weeks will go by and I'll be like, did I actually make any of those changes that I talked about that I put in my podcast that I published and put out and you know, however many other people heard me say that has that, has that made any difference? Um, So ideas, they can come really, really quickly, but implementing ideas is a much slower process. And so there's discipline, there's patience, there's the resistance of boredom that you have to watch out for on that side. Um, I feel like that's something you talk about a lot is removing barriers or like resistance hmm. to kind of make the habit easier. Yeah, that's something that James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits. Um, so that uh, have you guys read that one? I don't know if you talked about that no, one I've yet. I've heard of it. I read The Power of Habit. Okay. And the compound effect 
Yes, the compound. I've read the compound effect. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So I'm I'm actually this weekend I'm going to be um, leading a youth retreat for our youth group, and uh, the theme for our our retreat that I come up with is is little things matter, um, and so it's basically taking the principle of the compound effect uh, and looking at you know some of the parables like the faithful servant you know faithful with little faithful with much um so focusing on what are the little things that i can be faithful in today and like they might not make a big difference you know in a, in a day or a week but if you're faithful in those little things over the course of a long period of time it's going to make a, a big big difference and then the compound effect principle is like definitely forefront of my mind as i'm thinking through this um and just looking at the difference that so many young people want to make in the world and you know but feeling like maybe they they can't or they, they don't realize how powerful the compound effect is when you're just faithful with the little things that you can do today if like if you get disciplined in your habits now like in five years in 25 years you know you're, you're going to be able to make a, a much much bigger difference in the world than if you just you know let yourself um you know to stay in, in kind of like that static mode. It's not a growth mindset. It's it's that um, fixed mindset. So if you're talking to someone that's maybe more concrete, more steady and conventional, how would you encourage them to dream and maybe think a little bit about maybe improving something and maybe taking a little bit of a, a different angle at something that kind of like rousing their their passion or imagination how would you kind of coach someone through that yeah uh maybe a little more difficult for me i can identify with the visionary a little bit more so myself i would say that you know if they're if they don't naturally if their mind doesn't naturally explore different ideas or different possibilities uh, the first thing that comes to mind is to try to find source uh, some kind of source of of inspiration you know if, if you don't naturally come up with ideas who are some of the people that you can listen to a podcast wise or you know what what kind of voices can you go to that are going to you know and, and you know whatever it is that kind of gets your engine going whether it's a Steve Jobs you know listening to some of his talks or um in, in the tech world or if it's somebody who's more in the athletic space or artistic and so each person is going to be different and so i think they should still stay within their realm like their wheelhouse as it were um but i think you know all of us should be thinking bigger than just our own context like just just my own life or just my own family or just my own job um and think in terms of the kingdom of god you know what does god want me doing for the kingdom of god and not everyone is going to be you know necessarily a leader or a visionary in that process but being more aware of the big picture is never a bad thing. Bad thing. Mm, yes. Thank you. Kind of uh, encouraging them to find some inspiration, something to look for and copy yeah. in a sense. Kind of look at something that maybe is where they might want to be. And that gives them a little bit of a goal to say this right. is something that's possible. Someone else did this. And you can kind of chase that example. Scott and I have talked about some of the nuts and bolts of how you make a goal. And we covered a little bit of finding out or looking into what direction you want to go into. Mm -hmm. How do you pick 
or or think through like the vision. You're very visionary and and like to think about things. Yeah. So how do you pick when you get down to making the house in a sense? Mm-hmm. How do you pick which house you're going to build? How do you pick your goals? Um I I just always kind of go by which ones feel like they're the most pressing at the moment. Um, you know, what are the, what are the things that have, you know, it, it, it's, it's, usually it's in terms of opportunities presented. We're like, okay, here's an opportunity to, you know, for instance, you know, um, start a family or here's an opportunity to, to start a business. Um, and, you know, the opportunity to start a business you know, probably wouldn't have been all that compelling to me if it hadn't been for starting a family and then feeling compelled to, um, you know, really take scripture seriously, Proverbs or uh, Psalm 127 seriously, you know, thinking about my children in terms of a a quiver of arrows um, and trusting God when he says like children are a blessing. It's like, okay, I guess maybe we, we should have more children and not necessarily limit ourselves to what we had been thinking. And so now it's, all right, well, we trusted God with this, and well, now we're going to need to make more money somehow. I still feel called to be in ministry, um, but there are, I live in this time where people make money outside of a traditional job all the time. So I started, you know, reading, I started, you know, uh, investigating different things, and uh, uh, there was an opportunity that came along where it's like, okay, this can fit. Like, I don't have to quit my job, I don't have to give up that calling that I feel like God's given me. Um, and it's within my gifts and strengths. And so, um, now I don't necessarily have like a, a nice organized Venn diagram that kind of have this overlap of opportunity with my strengths, with my, maybe my other goals that I already have in terms of what kind of family I want to have, what kind of man that I want to be. But, you know, when you kind of get that overlap of like, well, here's a new awareness that's brought to my attention or opportunity, like, Here's something that I want to add in or would be cool to add in or something else to add to what I'm already doing or to change what I'm already doing. So like something from the outside has to kind of come in and overlap with some of those other things in terms of my family, what I want to do there, what I feel God has called me to, what kind of strengths or uh, uh, propensities do I already have that this is going to fit in well. And so when you have a nice overlap of those things and maybe a couple others, like, okay, I think this this is worthwhile to put in the effort to change because change is work. Um, any kind of change is going to be work. Anyone who's set a New Year's resolution or a new goal or whatever it is, like tried to change a habit as recognized, even if it's a small thing, like, oh man, this takes work. <laughs> this takes being on, on, on the ball, staying on my game to be consistent or this change doesn't doesn't take place. So for me, like when it comes to setting a goal, it kind of goes through that sort of a filter, if that makes sense. And I just want to say on that point too, I think it's a lot easier for me to tell, and I've been thinking about that uh, work-life integration thing rather than work-life balance. And I was actually listening to a podcast this morning, so it's funny to hear you say a lot of those same things that are you know clicking for me, but it's, it's really helpful for me to, if you're trying to figure out what goals to pursue. If you know who you are and, and you're the same person at home and the same person at work, well, then it's a lot easier to say, well, is this, you know, a right goal for me? Is this something that fits who I want to be in my life goals? 
rather than just, you know, when you have all these different yous you're juggling, like work me and, you know, whatever that profession is like and how you have to be there and home you. And so it's just like, it's kind of, it splits your, your mind. I feel like when you're trying to um, select goals when you're almost multiple people. So just have that integration is really clarifies things. So I, but I really appreciate your thoughts. on. Yeah, definitely. And, and I've, I've had to use that to filter things out because, you know, I listen to a lot. Uh, I don't read as much, but I listen to a lot and I think about a lot. Uh, I think about a lot of different areas of life. And so like, I see plenty of problems that need solving. I see plenty of big picture things where like, it'd be really cool to solve this. It'd be really great to build that. And just recognizing like, yeah, I could think through again, idea, I could draw up a blueprint. Like, yeah, this is what I think needs to be done here. But the amount of time and effort and coalition building and networking, you know, and all the different things that would have to go into pursuing that like that like that would be you know like a william wilberforce like trying to end slavery like it would take like your whole life dedicated to that like i can only give my whole life to only you know so many of those types of problems and issues and so i've had to learn how to filter and just go like like yeah hypothetically that's a good cause or that's a good thing to think about or to try to solve but like i've got to focus on this because this is you know, fits my, my wheelhouse and, and those other layers that I talked about. As you were talking, there's a bunch of things where my mind was like snagging and I was like, Oh, I don't know. It was just really interesting. So I appreciated your, your input on a lot of these things. But sure. uh, one of the things that was interesting to me is just the balance of, of input and output and how you're talking about how it's, it's helpful mm-hmm. for other people, obviously to, um, to be able to like see your content. It can be kind of insightful and maybe inspirational and stuff. But I think I've heard you talk about on your podcast too, how, you had a lot of input and you read a lot of things. And I think, I guess that that's one thing that has been interesting for me is I, I've also realized that for me, I can only understand so much with input. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something, how has, have you learned more or how has it increased your knowledge and your understanding of things to start like having to output those? Cause I feel like I just, my brain gets clogged. Yeah. I'm an internal and external processor, but how has it helped you <laughs> to understand these things as you've kind of put them out into the world? Yeah, I mean, by having at least some kind of a habit where I try to make myself take action on things, at least, again, I'm I'm filtering through ideas that I'm like, okay, I know I'm never even going to take the first step on that, or at least not right now, now is not the time Mm -hmm. to do that. Uh, But as I identify like things that I go, okay, I should try to work that in, Um, you know, it starts by finding something small, like, hey, what's a small thing that I can do? to at least start to because I feel like action is going to push me in that in in the right direction or it's going to help clarify things where it's like okay this isn't going anywhere so I can just drop it so I drop the action I drop the idea also and to clear up space for other because again with me and the the way that my brain works there's always another idea coming (laughs) Um, or another iteration of an idea you know to improve another one uh, so I, for, for me in the way that my mind works, like I just have to constantly be filtering, processing, implementing where, um, I, I see like that's valuable. And, and, and I recognize like I'm spending capital to be able mm. to do that. Like, okay, like here's something that comes along, just like you know, somebody, if they're a, you know, a stock trader, like they only have so much, you know, available assets that they have to acquire stocks. And they're assessing like, okay, is this 
stock or is this investment worthwhile to expend some of my capital to acquire it and what I think it's going to do and like okay it's not performing like I thought it was going to or it doesn't seem to be worth holding long term or whatever so I'm going to drop it free up capital and do the for the for the next thing um so for for me as as I'm trying to figure out you know what what am I what am I learning through output like I'm getting more real world experience with the idea because like with an idea everything's sanitized um mm -hmm. in terms of what you're thinking about and how you think it's going to work as you start to put legs on it and try to take action on it you start to realize okay so this is a really really nice idea and i saw it going this way in my mind but it's also going to involve this thing and that thing and oh i didn't anticipate that and so i feel like it it, it helps me be more realistic um, going forward. It helps me to make those assessments a little bit faster when other ideas are coming along the line. We're like, okay, I've had practice implementing. I know what's going to be involved if I try to implement something like that. Even if I haven't done that thing, I haven't taken action on that particular idea before, I've done it enough with another enough other ideas that I have a pretty good idea of the types of things are going to going to be involved as I start to transition from that input to the output. I don't know if that mm. answers your question or not, but yeah, for sure. No, that that's really helpful for me to to kind of think through as I'm because, like I said, I'm kind of in a similar spot as far as just a lot of input and mm -hmm. and so then I guess that the two things I can do with the things that I'm learning is either to act on them or or to to verbalize the ideas and kind of those go hand in hand, but then that helps me to, like you said, it's, it's so sanitized in my mind when I learn something new or just, um, so it's very helpful to kind of either get it out or actually do it. And then like you said, figure out which ones are, are uh, worth spending time on. Um, and then along the same lines of talking about work life balance versus, versus something like work life integration, hmm. you it seems like you're, you've got a lot of things going on, you know, a man of many hats, you know, you got, you're, yeah. you've got a lot of kids and you've got a business and a ministry and all these things. And, and so I kind of, I guess you might get this question a lot, but how, how do you balance all those things and what goes into s still being the same person yeah. through all of those different things, which can be very different. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities, um, obviously, but how, how have you kind of achieved that? And obviously nobody's perfect in that, but how have you grown and what's that been like for you? Yeah, and I, I would say that maintaining priorities, because uh, there's going to be things that cause one or more things to get bumped off the table mm -hmm. at, at certain times. Um, and so when I'm in those situations, it, it's trying to remember, like, what is the most important thing? What do I need to make sure, you know, doesn't get bumped off, you know, right now? Like, like my connection to God uh, and, you know, my relationship with him is obviously, obviously going to be at the top. Um, and so if I'm letting stuff with the family, stuff with the ministry, stuff with the business, stuff with my training, um, you know, bump things off where like I'm not spending as much time reading my Bible. I'm not spending as much time praying um, as, you know, I, I feel you know convicted, like, like you can always spend more time doing those things. Um but at the same time, at the end of the day, like, I know, like, God wants me to be doing things, um, to, 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 to fight, to build, to invest in the things that he's given. Like, I'm not going to a monastery and just spending all of my time reading the Bible and praying, like, isn't going to 
it, there's a, a host of commands that Christ has given that are not going to be obeyed if I do right. that. Um, so loving my neighbor, and, and, and I talk about this with my counselees, I talk about this with, with the students, like there is a proximity aspect to loving my neighbor. Like I can't love seven, eight billion people in the world equally. Like there, right. there is a pri priority that is given to proc the proximity, like the people that are closest. Who do I have the highest responsibility to? Well, it's my, after God, it's, it's my wife first, and then it's my kids. And then it's, you know, the certain, not again, it's not every single individual in my church, um, but it's, I have areas of responsibilities when it comes to like my counselees, when it comes to my students and my volunteer leaders. And so like, I'm trying to make sure that I'm investing in them or investing at least enough in those people that are, um, that I have influence in, that have some kind of buy-in to the input that I'm trying to give into their lives. Like, so who, who am I needing to spend the most time with that they're going to then be doing the same thing with others? Like as, as, certain individuals or certain people maybe demonstrate that they're going to just kind of suck and absorb without really like they're not they're they're not going to be people of output like they're, they're mm. not going to then go and mentor or disciple other people if i'm going to mentor and disciple them that like i want to or they're or they're, they don't have the buy-in like they don't really want to spend that much time with me like they don't you know, maybe it's the, it's a student who comes to youth group, but I try to get together one on one. They're not really about that. Like, okay, who are the, who are the people that are hungry, and then who are the people mm -hmm. that are going to, you know, kind of multiply that influence? Um, I think John Maxwell talks about that quite a bit. Like, right. he wants to invest in leaders that are going to build up other leaders because um, that's going to have the most impact. Um, so that's the kind of thinking that I'm sorting through as I try to prioritize. Where do I spend? that ministry time. And then, um, you know, my business at this point is, you know, supplementary. Um, it's not, it's not like a, a large percentage of my income. Uh, so it's, it's, if something's going to get dropped or it's going to get bumped, it's going to be the business because, you know, not only is ministry my calling, but it's also what is providing for the rest of my family. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to want to do anything that's going to interfere, like outside of my devotion to God, the time I want to invest in my family. And it helps to have, you know, a boss who prioritizes that also, like wants that for himself, right. wants that for me, like, like want, recognizes that family is your first ministry. So like, I don't really have a lot of tension in my life when it comes to, you know, a boss that's always trying to get as much as he possibly can of my time, of my energy, of my attention into his company or, or whatever, if I have a, a, a job in that regard, uh, where, you know, he maybe doesn't have the same kind of investment, you know, um, you know mentally into that principle of, you know, your mm -hmm. family is your first ministry and like that needs to be healthy so that your ministry is then healthy. Um, so that makes it a lot easier for me to have, you know, right. my primary income right now is connected to a church, a ministry and a boss or senior pastor who gets that. Um, so there's a lot of extra pressure there. Um, and so then, you know, my training, my business is just all about trying to convert otherwise unproductive time into productive time and just kind of being patient, recognizing, you know, yeah, I could probably make more progress in my business if I were doing this eight hours a day. Um, but it doesn't have to be done that way. It can, you know, it can move forward at a trickle uh, for right now right. And, and, and we're still okay. But 
again, compound, a compound habit, like recognizing that if I put in a little bit, the little bit that I can, that I can have a clear conscience with, um, you know, trusting, believing that God will bless what I have been trying to give to that part as I try to develop, you know, a, a legacy, as I try to build, store up wealth that I can leave to my children's children and be faithful to the Lord in that way. Like recognizing, like, I'm not just pursuing wealth um, just for security. I'm not just pursuing money for the sake of money or status or like to feel good about myself or to have nicer things. But like, just like I was trying to be faithful to what I thought God was communicating to me through scripture in terms of my attitude and outlook when it came to family and how many kids to have. Um, I'm trying to be faithful in the same way that okay, God says, this is what it, a righteous man does in regards to building wealth. Um, as a pastor, I can't just, I, that's another area in which I felt like I needed to start leading by example rather than just going, I'm in ministry. Therefore, me and my family need to be used to the idea that we're going to have less than other people. Um, and like wealth management and, and finances and like, like, yeah, but like, we're going to be really good at budgeting. We're going to be really good at pinching pennies, um, and, and squeezing as much as we can out of a little bit. But in terms of generating wealth and being really generous, like I'm in ministry, you know, like that's, that's just not, that's not for me. You know, that's for so the people, for money, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> and it just, right. it didn't sit right like it, it it was like that was my mindset for a while but it just it, yeah. it got to a point where it's like that's just it's too easy <laughs> like yeah. and i recognize like yeah it's not and there's plenty of pastors and people in ministry that you know that that are trying to be faithful with with what they've been given and like they're obviously they're not in it for the money then they're they're not trying to um live a lavish life and they don't think that I should, but, and, and, and neither do I, but at the same time, like I've got six kids and, and I've got, right. you know, medical bills and, and dental things and opportunities that I want them to be able to, to pursue again, not just so that they can get trophies or accolades or, and, and to be able to brag on my kids and, and seek status through my kids accomplishments, but recognizing like, whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether it's, being able to develop their own businesses, you know, whatever it is, you know, being able to give them, you know, time, attention and options um, so that they can make the most with what they've been given in life. Um, you know, just realizing how how time and money give us different options and different opportunities mm -hmm. to serve God and expand the kingdom. Um, it just and again, going back to what I was saying before, like there's so many opportunities we happen to live in a very, not just wealthy com uh, a country from a, uh, in terms of economics and, and like how much money we have, but in terms of the way the game, the rules of the game are like, there's a lot of opportunities. Like there's, there's not as much limiting you from, for what you can do as opposed to being in a, a different country where you can't own property or you can't start a business or it's much, much harder to do that. And so like with so much opportunity and with the internet, it's like, what are you doing <laughs> if right if, if if you have all these kids and you have um you know more need perhaps than the average youth pastor um but you want to continue ministering you know you feel compelled to do that but there are other ways to make one like there's hundreds of ways to generate income or build wealth for you for your family 
um, if you're trying to do it in a faithful, God-honoring way, like go learn what those ways are and, and pick one right. and, and make the most of it. Right. And, and so a couple things that you said there that I think have uh, like a couple words, um, one being the legacy. Uh, first of all, I think I appreciate this about you and, and mm-hmm. the, the fact that you're in ministry for, you know, I guess, um, like adolescents as they're moving into adulthood. I think that, mm-hmm. that, uh, the importance of passing or t- of getting buy-in in legacy, it's, it's like, yeah. it's not like I, I need my great, great, great grandchildren to know my name and be super like, Oh yeah, that was my great grandpa. He did these epic things. But right. Much more than that is it is, they will not know my name, but I want them to still have the, you know, not it's like the, the legacy given. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that's a really cool and compelling thing. Um, and that is something we should buy. And it's not a selfish thing at all. It's, it's, you know, one of the most selfless things you can do. Um, it's just to, it's a way to show love to the future generations. And I do think that is one thing where our culture falls really short is we're very, very short sighted. And we just, and I mean, I have been my whole life. So it's, it's something as, as a young man, I'm starting to really wake up to like, wow. I mean, these things haven't happened yet for me. I don't, I'm not married. I don't have kids, but yeah. as those things do, do come for me, it's like, wow. Okay. I, I need to, I want to pass on a legacy. And then the other thing you said was that you talked quite a bit about uh, was wealth. And, and I think that ties back to what you were saying earlier about um, kind of a false humility that, that Christians tend to have. Yeah. It's like, yeah. like, no, I can't like, whoa, I'm not supposed to do that. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm not really good at anything. I don't really have any money and that's how it should be. It's like, no, no, right. no. Oh man. I think <laughs> as Christians, obviously this is wealth is again, it's not for selfish gain, but mm-hmm. you should be providing for your family and then be able to live generously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that I just, I feel like a lot of times we, we do lose sight of that and we think like, oh, you can't be wealthy or like rich. It's hard to get into heaven, you know, the eye of the needle stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is really important to, to realize that wealth is not, you know, money is not the enemy and, and wealth, mm-hmm. not just in the form of money, but in the form of uh, like land and possessions and stuff like that. It can be an amazing blessing for um, children and generations to come. And so I, I just, I, I. I appreciate what you're saying, and and those things kind of stand out to me, especially with that that false humility. I, I've seen that in myself too, um, and just resigned to poorness. It's important to pick carefully where you spend your life because your life is made up of days, and in a sense, you are laying out your life to do what you do on a daily basis. And it's kind of important yeah. to think through that and come up with what your vision of who that person is supposed to be, and then chase that. And there's going to be resistance. And that's uh, a big part of what Mark Robinson and Scott and I are trying to do with our podcasts with yeah. the output habit and intentional. So go live intentional. I hope you got a ton out of today's episode with Mark Robinson. He's been an inspiration to me and to kind of hear his personal story behind the scenes and his thought process. So that was really cool. And actually, Scott and I kept on talking to him after Uh, the video ended in just soaking up his rich wisdom. So hope you liked that as much as I did. And if you want to go and be intentional in your own life right now, this is one thing that if you don't watch out for, it can completely sabotage your goal making process. So I want you to take a look at this next video because that is what's going to give you the key to writing good goals that will work.